Hello and welcome to episode three of the Joker Out Subs podcast. Today I will be reading Joker Out's interview with Mladina magazine, published on the 30th of June 2023. They were interviewed by Vanya Pirtz and photos were provided by Borut Kranz. This year's Slovenian representatives at Eurovision, the five-member band Joker Out, attracted an unusually large amount of attention with their accessibility and playfulness, especially with the song Carpe Diem. In the days and weeks that followed, it became clear that their Eurovision entry, which only placed 21st, had indeed opened the door for them to go abroad. They started adding new concerts in Ireland, Croatia, the UK, Scotland, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Serbia and others to the ones they'd already arranged in Slovenia and the former Yugoslav republics. They sold out all of them, some in just a few minutes. Well over 8,000 people will see them on the UK and Nordic tour alone. For musicians working in Slovene, that's an incredible statistic. It's a remarkable milestone to see how far they've come from Spielliga when they first came to the limelight by winning in 2017 when they were still a high school band to today being greeted by masses of enthusiastic fans below the stage and being selected by the Scottish band Franz Ferdinand to be their opening act at Croatia's Spansierfest festival. We spoke to lead singer Bojan Svjetičinin, guitarists Chris Kustin and Jan Petech and bassist Natsu Jordan. Unfortunately, drummer Jorda Marcek was missing, but we could see that he is a man of many talents by looking at the huge wooden structure with a platform that added another floor to the band's rehearsal space in Shishka, Ljubljana. Interviewer. After Eurovision, you made no secret of your disappointment at finishing 21st, but your Eurovision song Carpe Diem, sung in Slovenian, is now one of the most listened to songs of this year's Eurovision event. It's being played all over Europe, most notably in Finland, Poland, the UK, the Netherlands, Spain. Did you expect this turn of events? Bojan. The result we achieved at the Eurovision Song Contest was really not the greatest, not even close. But as you can see in the end, it doesn't even matter. What is more important for us is that we managed to achieve the rest of the goals we had set for ourselves. We approached Eurovision in a very organic way, aiming to translate our stage and concert experience from real life to the Eurovision stage. It was clear to us that this is the biggest show stage in Europe, maybe even in the world. We were aware that this is a competition of one song, one comprehensive performance to be presented in three minutes. Our goal was to ensure that the audience would remember Slovenia's performance in 2023, and we have achieved that. We also aimed to connect with other performers, and we succeeded in doing so. But most importantly, we wanted both our Eurovision song and our other songs to be well received in the real world. The data from radio stations, online streaming platforms and concert offers confirms that apparently we've achieved that as well. Interviewer. Before, you were known mainly in Slovenia and to a lesser extent in the Balkans. However, your Eurovision song has temporarily climbed to the top 50 most viral songs in the world chart on the streaming platform Spotify. You even briefly surpassed Sweden's Lorene, the winner of this year's Eurovision, in terms of popularity. Bojan. Just to clarify, we only surpassed her for a day or two, but it's really nice that it happened on Spotify's list of the most listened to songs in the world. Chris, well, she did get a billboard in New York's Times Square as the winner at the time, so it's a matter of who surpassed whom, I suppose, brackets, gesturing with his hands. Interviewer, well, who did? Boyan, I believe that what we will gain from this performance will surpass what many other performers will achieve. Eurovision has introduced us to a very large audience in a very short time, and they've really connected with our music. 
They're now translating our lyrics into their own languages and even learning Slovenian. We were surprised to see how many of them bought dictionaries to learn Slovenian. We know this because we were asked to sign them. Others are learning Slovenian through online platforms and there are even dictionaries being created on TikTok. These listeners are not bothered at all that we are not creating in English at this point. On the contrary, they would like us to keep it that way. However, we have to be realistic. To truly expand our listener base, it's important to be accessible to people. Interviewer. That's why you've already prepared an album a few months ago featuring songs from both your previous albums rearranged in English. The album is now awaiting release. One of your main goals was to be able to translate your concert experience onto the stage. Boyan. The first real international test after Eurovision was in Zagreb, where we performed as the opening act for the most popular young Serbian band at the moment, Butch Kessidy, at a previously arranged concert. We performed outdoors in the middle of the day, with the sun still high up in the sky. However, we were greeted by a crowd of 2,500 people and received a phenomenal response. They sang along with us, and later we read in the Serbian media that we probably have the most Croatian fans among Slovenian bands. After this show, when we announced a solo concert in Zagreb's Tvornica for November, which is comparable in size to Ljubljana's Svetlčana, the tickets sold out in five hours. So we arranged another concert in the same venue, and that one sold out as well. The response in Croatia has been truly amazing, and they've set a very high bar for the future. Interviewer. You've been intentionally engaging with the countries of the former Yugoslavia lately. Through songs like Demoni, Brackets, Demons, you have approached them language-wise. In addition to Croatia, you have also been booked for concerts in Serbia and Bosnia and Herzegovina. Your Eurovision song also reminds me a little of Plavi Orchestra, which was once the most popular Yugoslav pop band, or Georgia Balashevich. It is probably not a coincidence that the line, the game of hatred is your thing, thank you, don't count on us, is reminiscent of his hit, Računajte na nas, brackets, count on us. Bojan, no, no, it's not a coincidence. Interviewer, is it nevertheless more difficult to plan a breakthrough to the rest of Europe? After Eurovision, the Irish were the first to sign you up. Did the audience there also know your songs by heart? Bojan, yeah, we haven't really gotten used to that yet, brackets, laughs. In Ireland, we managed to sell out our first show in 12 minutes. It's true that it was a small venue, comparable to Ljubljana's Autoba, and it wasn't a solo concert, but a joint performance with this year's Irish Eurovision representatives. However, due to the high level of interest, we arranged another concert in a club twice as big, which is also their most iconic venue. Soon after, other venues started to show interest, we announced a UK tour with over 5,000 tickets on sale for four shows in major cities and they sold out. We announced a Nordic tour with around 2,500 tickets available and it sold out in half an hour along with three Finnish concerts in just 10 minutes. Later we released an additional 770 tickets which were gone in five minutes. Offers are also coming in from many other countries and it's impossible to predict what will happen in the upcoming months. Interviewer. A number of Slovenian music artists have successfully reached international audiences, from Senida to Laibach, from Gramatic to Umek, and you are the first ones to consider using Eurovision as a springboard. Would it make sense for our country to continue using this event to promote established musicians who are eager to make an international breakthrough? You were internally selected for this competition. Chris. It all depends on what we as a country want to achieve from this competition in the future. We have to decide whether EMA is a competition where we find the most suitable representative and expect them to make the most of their opportunity while promoting our country along the way, 
or whether it's a competition where Slovenian musicians present themselves to Slovenian audiences. Personally, I believe that it's definitely better to choose a performer who already has an established infrastructure in place and a certain support base, because this can enable him to use his potential to the fullest. Jan, I think that would be the best approach as well. However, since many musicians see EMA as one of the few opportunities to showcase their work to a wide audience through public broadcasting, it would make sense to maintain that aspect too, perhaps as a prelude to EMA, transforming it into a grand finale for carefully selected artists, similar to San Remo. Boyan, the main issue with the previous selections was that Slovenia didn't approach it with the intention of winning. Of course, success in such a significant event is not guaranteed, but why not approach it strategically nonetheless? For example, I believe we should send Sinida to Eurovision in 2024. Interviewer. Sinida is the biggest star in the Balkans, the most listened-to musician. Is she also your role model in that sense? Boyan. Absolutely. Sinida is the first Slovenian artist, after Mr. Predin and Lachni Franz, to truly break through in the Balkans. She does write music in Serbian, but that's irrelevant. What's important is that she's made a remarkable breakthrough in a market that has so far been very closed off to Slovenians, and she's not only broken through, she's topping the charts. However, I would understand if Sunida refused to participate in EMA, at least as long as the current rules are in place. EMA is too close in time to Eurovision. The winner only has one month to submit material. Imagine having to put together the most important performance of your life in just 15 days. We, on the other hand, had more time since we were internally selected, three months, and we utilised this extra time to design our pre-Eurovision campaign, which ultimately played a key role in our success. That's what left the biggest impression. Interviewer. You managed to invest between 10 and 15,000 euros of your own funds in this promotion. You have an extensive domestic touring career behind you. In October, you will fill our biggest venue, Stojica, for the first time, where you expect 12,000 people. Chris, I've always considered it a privilege to have established a music career at such an early stage in our lives and to have quickly reached the point of financial self-sufficiency. Boyan, it really worked out for us that right after we finished university, we began our professional lives as musicians. Interviewer, those who know you say that you're very disciplined, very organised. Boyan, your fellow classmates from Poliane Grammar School in Ljubljana also say that even back then you were absolutely convinced that you were going to make a breakthrough. Many people rolled their eyes at the thought, but you had a clear objective. You were networking with the right people, educating yourself, and Pauli Kavitz taught you guitar. Boyan, yes, Pauli the legend. I knew during my time at Poliane Grammar School that I wanted to be an artist. I hadn't fully decided whether it would be music or something else, because I was also considering studying acting, but my thoughts were always centred around creating. I suppose that's more or less true for all of us. When Jura and Natsa joined us, the first question was whether we were fully committed at 1,000%, or if there was another 1% pulling us towards a plan B, such as the directions we were trained in. No, there's no plan B anymore. At some point, we made the decision to cut it off. Interviewer. So, the high school students at Poliana Grammar School may very well forget that you were once planning to be their sociology professor. We've seen you in a few episodes of the series Gospod Professor. Boyan. I've given up on the professorship, but I still find acting very interesting. For once in my life, I would like to be in a film playing a totally negative character. I would be mean as a snake. And it doesn't even have to be a Slovenian film. It can be from the Balkans. Chris, I have to admit that I never thought of making a living from music, although I certainly saw it as an ideal. 
Even when I was deciding on my studies, I wavered between sociology and chemistry, and then preferred the latter because of its greater potential for employability. Well, later on, I did go into social studies for a master's degree in international relations. Interviewer. Yet, Chris, you were the one who had the ideal conditions to become a musician. You grew up playing guitar because your father, Micha Gustin, Gusti, is the co-founder of Bigfoot Mama, one of the most popular Slovenian bands. Today, you are considered to be their successors. Chris, I really had the ideal conditions to become a musician who does this for a living. Not only because of my dad, but my mum also worked for record labels for many years and has recently embarked on this path again. So I've been in touch with both sides of the music world, creatively and business-wise, since I was a little kid. But I didn't really start playing guitar until I was 14, 15. And nobody else among us is a trained musician either, except our drummer, Jura Macek. Boyan. Yes, our Macek finished elementary music school, and he also played a lot, mostly with the Logatitz brass band. Jan. Let's not forget his performances with the Golaj Brass Band and with the Cantabile Symphony Orchestra. Interviewer. Jan, you are a mathematician. The link between music and mathematics was explored by Pythagoras after he listened to a blacksmith striking a hammer, and from that he developed the study of harmony. Jan, yeah, at the moment it's kind of like if you have an out-of-tune guitar, you can just say that you have Pythagorean tuning. Brackets, everyone bursts out laughing. To me, maths is relevant because it's the only thing in the existence of human understanding that you can really count on. It can be used to get definitive answers to at least some questions. I see it as something that gives you structure in your life. Nadza, I would have chosen to study veterinary medicine if I'd gone to university, but I discovered very quickly that music was my passion. After high school, I went out into the world. I played in a band on a cruise ship that more or less sailed the Baltic, somewhere between Russia, Finland and Sweden. You could say I've got a lot of musical mileage from playing abroad, but it's limited to German schlager and German rock. Our audiences were mostly German families. Brackets. Laughs. Interviewer. You also have the most experience of performing in front of TV cameras, especially as a member of the in-house band of the TV show Upetix Vecir, brackets Friday night, which gives airtime to more folk music genres on TV Slovenia. Have you scrapped this plan B now as well? Nadza. Officially, I'm still a member of that band. Maybe the managers are expecting me to come back to the show in autumn, but it remains to be seen whether that will be possible. Most probably not. Interviewer. Today, together with Murphy, you are considered the successors of our most popular rock or pop-rock guitar bands who managed to appeal to the masses, not only of Bigfoot Mama, but also, for example, Siddhartha and Dandy. Why hasn't there been a real breakthrough of new bands of this kind in the last few years? Were guitars considered to be outdated? Were young people closer to electronica, trap, hip-hop, mixtures of genres? Boyan. The music of Siddhartha and Bigfoot Mama was a kind of basic building block for me from the very beginning. These people have influenced me more than any other world-renowned musicians, so having them support us really means a lot to me. And the Spielliga, where student bands have been entering for the last decade, has definitely been a very strong factor in the revival of the scene. Murphy are also from Novo Mesto, which is considered a mini-Slovenian capital of rock and roll, as many of the bands that have developed under the patronage of Tokats, the music producer and frontman of Dandee, originate from there. At the same time, in the last few years, the Slovenian youth has become hungry for home-produced music of all genres, and this has stirred up a strong wave of creativity, which is being held in the hands of our own generation, as well as those a little younger and older than us. 
At this point, the whole spectrum of what we need, from clothes to design to photography, is being created by people our age, as well as those a little younger and older than us. Well, with one exception, of course, being our producer, Jarda Pack, but he's young at heart. Interviewer. As you reach out to a wider audience, do you also feel the pressure to meet the ever-increasing expectations of both listeners and the music industry? Jan. I feel that right now, more than ever, we can be confident and sure of what we are doing. We didn't even enter Eurovision with some deliberately made hit-like song to suit Eurovision ears, but we did a Joker Out song that could easily have been on our album last year. Our achievements so far prove that we're doing something right because people at home and abroad like it. Chris, I also feel that we have more freedom to create now, but also fewer inhibitions to go into more experimental waters in terms of music, outfits, visuals or anything else. Interviewer, Do you think that's what people expect from you now? Boyan, musicians are often criticised for their style, genre or sound, but such criticisms are absurd. Interviewer, in particular, Slovenian rock or pop rock has always been attacked in this respect for relying too often on tried and tested forms, and less often, for example, on boldness, innovation. Boyan, we've been on the scene long enough, and we know that the very concept of what jokers do bothers some people, and that's why they keep pushing their idea that we don't make authentic music, but rather some crap that we invented just to exist. So they feel it would be good if we would stop doing that. These people want or even demand that Joker Out should stop being Joker Out, and we're happy that on the first and second album we were able to make music completely unburdened by expectations of how people would react to it. I think the second album is quite challenging in both its sonic elements and the overall meaning of the lyrics in certain songs. I'm sorry that not one of the critics mentioned Plastica, brackets, plastics, in their reviews. None of these intellectuals who have so much to say against our love songs thought that this could be a harbinger of a different new direction. Interviewer. This song was written in response to a study showing that the vast majority of teenage girls today want plastic surgery and other body modifications to meet their perverse beauty ideals. Boyan. There's a lot of content that people don't want to see. On the other hand, I don't understand why songs about love, which are in the vast majority in this culture at the moment, should be inferior to those about society. In fact, I hope to be able to sing about love for the rest of my life. Chris. You will. You will sing amazonymously for the rest of your life. Brackets. Laughs. Thank you for joining us today for part one of Joker Out's interview with Mladina magazine. Stay tuned for part two. Please note that in this interview, Joker Out mentioned an upcoming album featuring their previous songs translated into English. This idea has since been abandoned, and you can find more information in episode one of the Joker Out Subs podcast, Joker Out for Metropolitan Magazine.